Welcome back to FYC. For your child self. The podcast where we talk about animated movies and I guess essentially try to convince you guys to watch animated movies. Because Because it's an art form that is for our inner child of every age. Exactly. And all these people are over here like, oh, for my inner child, I have to go doodle and draw i'm like no you need to go sit you need to be an ipad baby for a (laughs) second and watch something that you haven't seen before because the only way we keep our inner child healthy is to continue to let them grow and play and expand your imagination which i think is a good segue into um the film that we're talking about today yes the inventor Wait, before we begin, did you watch the Moana 2 teaser? Yes, I did. Ah, I'm so excited for this movie. November of this year, like, I cannot believe it. I know. I'm just surprised by how quickly it's, like, it's coming out. I remember, like, yeah. senior year um, prom, like, seeing the news announced for mm-hmm, Moana. Moana. Yeah. And it was, like, fully until, like, it was a full was year soft- and a half later before. Our sophomore year of college is when it came out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm like a full like year and some later is when um, Moana finally came out. So the fact that it's less than a year away, yeah, and they've kept it under wraps this long. Um, yeah, we'll I know. See. I love when they do that, but also I'm like, can you just? I would love to just be consuming teaser trailers for two years. Like <laughs> I did it for Cats. I will. I'll happily do it for Moana too. But yeah, I just miss the D23 like launches where they would. We just, should like, go to D23. Oh my god! I think it's me. next year. I'm like, well, look at the ticket. Let's let's look at it. Let's 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 circle back to that. And then the second thing I don't know if you saw or not was that Zootopia changed its name on Disney Plus. No, I didn't. It's Zootropolis now. Wasn't that the English um, release? Yeah, but now I think it's just on. That's just like the official name now. The official name of it. Yeah. I wonder if it's Zootropolis on in the movie. Do you think? It, It probably is. It has to be. Like, welcome to Zootropolis. Zootropolis. Right. That's so weird. Why would they do that? I don't know, but it was really freaking me out. And I actually, I posted a, a reel about it the other day on Instagram because I went, I wanted, I was just, I needed to watch it. And when I opened Disney Plus, it's a Zootropolis. I said, what? I was, the woman was too stunned to speak. How bizarre. How bizarre. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but the Annie Awards are this weekend. I do know this because and- I'm going. We have a reporter live on the scene of the Annie Awards. It'll be exciting. Um, Stay tuned to our stories because I will definitely be posting quite a bit. But um, I'm really excited to go. Um, The nominations for like best animated movie are um, Spider-Verse 2, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Susume, which I actually haven't seen. Should I watch it? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it either. We should do a little watch this week for it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, the Boy and the Heron, obviously. And then actually Nimona, too. Yeah. Which is like not surprising because it also has an Oscar nom. But the noms for this came out way before the Oscar nominations. And I, yeah, I don't know why. Fun to look at the differences between the two. It's like agreed. Yeah. But speaking of any noms. Yeah. We are, I'm looking forward to seeing how this week's film. Yeah. Um, does in the independent category? Independent, yeah. Best feature independent for the inventor. So I hope it wins. I mean, like I, you're about to hear me talk about how much I love this movie and I love it. So hopefully I get to post a little story or a little feed post about this movie winning best independent. Keep an eye out on our socials. Yeah. Inventor. Directed and written by Jim Capobianco, who, if you don't know, um, not only was a storyboard artist for so many of our favorite Disney Renaissance films and Pixar films, but he also wrote the screenplay for Pixar's Ratatouille. Which we all have a soft place for Ratatouille. Ratatouille is the reason any of us made it through 2020 pandemic lockdown. So we have this man to thank and in order and, and to how we're going to Ratatouille the musical and to thank <laughs> Ratatouille the musical. But how we're going to thank him is we're going to talk great things about this movie because I personally, I loved it. Same here. It was one that 
I remember we saw the trailer when I think it was like what we were watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Literally. By the way, check out our episode on that um, it, when you get the chance. Basically, yeah, we saw the trailer and we just like were instantly entranced by this stop motion slash 2D um, animated feature, which it's just like bringing combining these two different styles that honestly, like we don't really see as often as we used to in this like world that's like taken over by 3d animation which is great and fun and we love it but it was nice it was refreshing to see a different version of the form that really like again digs into the inner child the inner spirit yeah i think refreshing is exactly the word for it because the moment it was just like also when you go watch an animated movie in theaters all the trailers are of other animated movies so like Mm -hmm. for that one we also watched the wish trailer and a few other things that like migration which (laughs) i'm actually kind of really excited about that one too but this one having it be so different and having it actually be that stop motion and look like bob the builder which we all grew up on like that was just like a really good callback and kind of just like a palate cleanser i feel oh absolutely i literally felt like renewed like stepping out of that theater after we watched it yeah we can talk a little bit about i feel like we... that was our cartoon moment of like the year <laughs> yeah. um i guess so my cartoon moment of not today but just a cartoon moment that i do want to share today was i thought the movie i don't even know i thought i was like oh whatever i'm just aiming to be at the theater at 4 30 the movie started at 4.20 and it was 4 p.m. and I was 45 minutes away. So I, my cartoon moment of the day is like looking at the the ticket and not actually seeing it, I guess. But I fully showed up fully into third act, I think, at that point. No, it was absolutely like you were. It, it was like at the third act, top yeah. of the third act. Yeah. When you watch the movie fully by yourself. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I'll just stay and watch it again. And you're like, okay, me too. And yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Which leads to my cartoon moment, not of today, but I will talk about today. That is having seen this movie back to back. But honestly, it was so worth it. <laughs> I Generally, the only movie I've ever seen back to back like that was Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Beverly Hills Chihuahua not the two, one. not one, two. The two. So it's nice that that's your Beverly Hills Chihuahua too. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. No, but I, I, the ending is one of the most beautiful scenes I think I've ever seen. Mesmerizing. Or like recent, it was so mesmerizing, but like recently, but also like of all time, it was so pretty, and that was just like, I, I remember like a big fat tear just rolled down my cheek, and I was like, Leo, Leo. Not the Adam Sandler feature, animated feature, which we will be talking about at some point probably, so stay tuned. Um, Subscribe and turn your notifications on so you can get that episode straight into your inbox. Ding! But no, we are talking about Leonardo da Vinci, who is the Renaissance everyman, um, inventor, artist, scientist, breathtaking phenomenal never been done before lady gaga (laughs) 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 Um, and basically like this is sort of what's interesting about this feature is like the fact that it is like in a year of so many biopics oppenheimer napoleon you have the inventor um which basically tells the story it's like obviously there's like a lot of historical liberties that are taken but it's basically talking about the twilight of da vinci's life at this point he's very you know he's coming to the end and he's faced with his own mortality and then just after dealing with the bs of the roman catholic church and their anti-intellectualism having to hide his discoveries hide his everything yeah like essentially yeah hide like hide who he was hide who he loved what yeah like literally what he loved to do which is questionable but we'll get to that in a we'll get second. to that we'll get to that <laughs> you left it um but <laughs> one day he meets um the visiting king of france um francis the first and francis invite it's like so enchanted by his like invention that he's created a mechanical lion that he invites him to his court and Truly obsessed he's such yes. a leo stan yes gagged um <laughs> And so Leo eventually takes him up on his offer, travels to France with his two apprentices and makes a life for himself in the French court. Um, 
hoping that he'll finally have this like intellectual freedom that he's been longing for um and hoping to find not just you know this freedom but like the meaning of like what is the soul and he has some pretty interesting ways of trying to figure out how the soul like exists (laughs) he he yes he definitely tries very every way you could possibly think of to figure out where the soul lies um, but with the help of Princess Marguerite, who is played by Daisy Ridley. And by the way, um, our Leonardo, cast. yeah, stacked cast. Our Leonardo is played by Stephen Fry. Um, Pope um, Leo X. Yes. Pio Leo X. Yes. Yes. Pope Leo X is played by Matt Berry from What We Do in the Shadows. And Louise of Savoy is my favorite actress of all time, Marion Cotillard. So you got just so good chef's kiss of a cast so good all the girls slay all the guys slay it's a good time but yes yeah, so daisy ridley's character princess marguerite sort of show like not only is one of the few people in the french court who really appreciates how his mind works she helps him introduce him to this world and at the end like come to realize like what it is to find the soul what this tiny seed um like can lead to the great things that can come from a small idea um, to backtrack a little bit, we usually do this at the top of the episode, but we both really love this movie, so we just love talking about it. The budget for this movie was actually $10 million, and it was a joint like art effort between the US, Ireland, and France. So it wasn't just like it wasn't just like a studio movie or anything like that. Like I, I really do think that like artists were involved in the making of this movie from like start to end and like funding included. Um However, the box office was only $306,000. Yeah. So, again, this man wrote Ratatouille. Go watch this movie wherever it's on. It, it's so worth your time. We really loved it, and we can't recommend it enough. But, um, obviously, the box office isn't even cutting close, but we really loved it, and I think we, and we think you will, too. Yeah, agreed. I guess the first question we kind of want to answer, because this movie is such a niche movie is like what age we want to be to watch this movie (sighs) it's a hard one because we had a great time as mid 20 something year olds i i don't know that i would have a great time watching this movie if i was six no i feel like you'd have a better time watching this movie if you were 80 yeah Um, (laughs) my grandma did like it a lot she saw it (laughs) oh my god she liked it i told her go watch it she said okay no, I mean, it's a great choice. I mean, it's just because I think the nature of the film, I feel like kids will enjoy the music yeah. and just like the colors and the just stop the motion dialogue style. dialogue also is really fun. No, yeah. It's like the thing about the story. I mean, and you, like, you know, it's just it felt like a very simple, very like clean cut story. It's just like. Like, it's not like these comp again, it's not like Oppenheimer. That's like these like questions <laughs> of like theory. it's just very simple questions about life and, you know, what like what values is powerful and especially like a big part of the movie is like you have these like warring kingdoms you know england france and spain yeah and it's just like everyone's basically or the roman empire the roman empire oh and it's just like (laughs) this basic like the holy roman empire the holy roman empire Um, that's that's what's on my mind lately (laughs) (laughs) what's your roman empire (laughs) comment (laughs) (laughs) daisy ridley as (laughs) princess marguerite um but like essentially it's just like this dick like measuring competition between them about who's the most powerful kingdom and i think what the story basically tells you that it's not about sheer force but it's about what we know and what we learn and how you can better your community as a whole rather than just selfishly like caring for one's own ego vanity interests etc and quite literally sharing is caring sharing is caring. so it's it's weird that we're over here like oh i think older people actually benefit from this movie more when it's teaching something so like integral to like childhood and like preschool and stuff like that but again i can't say that i as a six-year-old would have a good time (laughs) watching this movie i will say though it was giving kind of like me watching drunk history now would maybe be like 10 year old me watching this movie because the dialogue is so witty it's the you know like whenever the brothers fight with each other like how it gets that cloud of of, yeah like it's it's so actually funny that I want to say maybe actually like middle school librarians should play this all the time. 
I don't hate that idea. Yeah, because I, I, I also I feel like in middle school, like at that time, like you choose whether you want to participate in the media that's being shown or if you just want to zone out and tap out. <laughs> so I feel like the people that would benefit from this, you could start at being like 10 or 11. Yeah. I mean, it's a very soothing movie. Yeah, it was a very cute movie. Um, I, we kind of already talked about it, but like, what are your initial thoughts on it? Like, because you watched it twice also. So like <laughs> after the first time, like what were you thinking and what actually, actually, yeah, like for the second time around, like what parts actually stuck out most and like what excited you? I think it just like my initial like feelings and gut reactions to it was just like, again, how joyful it made life seem like the like not even the mundanity of life, but like finding that like even the most mundane questions and like the things that we don't even tend to think about. We it's like never too late to completely like question everything and reconceptualize and just like digging deep into like these like life's questions and your own creativity because it's like again it's like not everyone can be leonardo da vinci (laughs) like but every day can be an opportunity for new discovery a new thing about life to enjoy a new way to connect to our community a new way to share and discover what we're passionate about and i i just like again like with the soundtrack and like what it's like the, the music and the songs like sort of tell us it's just like you know, it really never is too late to just, com- again, like completely revitalize your own life. Yeah, that is really, that's a really good answer. I loved it. <laughs> what about you? It's actually funny because the opposite was what resonated most with me was like friendships and how like Daisy Ridley, who we'll just, we're just going to say it now because Daisy Ridley's character, Marguerite, fully stumbles in on Leo performing a like human dissection. Like, quote unquote, trying to figure out where the soul is. And she like runs out of the room. She's like, oh, my God, that was crazy. (laughs) This man's crazy. And then he's like, hey, let me tell you what I'm doing because that looked crazy. And just like how their (laughs) friendship actually like blossomed after that. Like, that's what stuck to me the most is like she really was his ride or die. And like, I think that was like, well, yes, obviously what you said is like the most beautiful part of the movie and the actual like the real part of the movie. But I finished watching the movie the first time because, again, I only watched, like, the last little bit. And I, like, was like, wow, that was really beautiful. But what really surprised me was how their relationship, their friendship actually, like, developed throughout it. I didn't expect it to be such a big part of the movie after watching the ending and then, like, them developing it itself. No, and it really is, like, so charming. And, like, she plays this so charming. Like, she's just, like... And, like, like, that's that's Daisy Ridley's little voice. Like, she's so cute (laughs) and, like... She's a beautiful a singing time. voice. Truly. <laughs> truly. The soundtrack is so good. It really is. I'm like, the soundtrack by Alex Mandel really is just so like, I don't know. It's like effervescent. Like yeah. we'll, we'll play a clip right here. And with, like, this soundtrack, there's, like, two essential, like, themes. One is um, sung by Daisy Ridley's character, Marguerite, Mm. from This Tiny Seed, which is what you just heard. And basically, like, you know, the discussion of community, teamwork, everyone playing a role within the collective, which I think was, like, I mean, like, it ties into your, like, um, what you were just saying about friendship. And it's just, like, the idea that, no one can like achieve anything alone um that even like with all your great ideas like if you don't share them like you know like how can they ever grow to anything actually the other day i heard this really good quote about like ideas exist no matter what it's whether you choose to like act on it when it comes in front of you something like that i can't remember the actual quote i think yeah but whether you choose to act in front, like once the idea presents itself to you, whether you choose to act on it or not, it, that's like the magic of it. It's not what the idea actually was because ideas just exist all around us. Yeah. It's kind of like the internet. Like it just is here. Ideas come all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that like, in like thinking about this movie again, two months later, I'm like, oh wait, actually he was just such like a man of action. And this movie is a really good, biopic about how he just did it and he 
found ways to do it even when that's not what he was supposed to do or that's not what they wanted him to do or that's not what they were paying him to do like he found a way to like still enact that idea that came to him yeah but sorry we were back on the soundtrack no well i mean i think it like you said it like ties like from this tiny seed ties into this idea of friendship and action and the collective and how everyone benefits Ooh, in the, the end i'm like actually i'll like get back to it later but there's this like one lovely scene where she like exactly brings up like how everyone does want to feel included everyone wants to feel like they've contributed to something but then yeah. the our other theme which is sung by stephen fry as leonardo is um mona lisa yes because he has brought his incomplete painting which we all we all know <laughs> we all we all know her we all love her we're should we, well she has that famous not 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 quite a smile my queen um and he has trekked it with him all the way from italy into france trying to figure out the meaning behind the smile and it haunts him and what haunts him even more is this idea that he's confronted with that he is out of time that he is at the end of his life and that he won't have he like he won't have achieved like he won't do everything that's inside his head basically yeah like like, he won't have been able to achieve everything that he sought to and like including what is the soul where does the soul come from we're out of time we're out of time there's nowhere left to go we're out of time we're out of time now we will never also throughout this whole movie he has these like very vivid nightmares of like getting close to the soul and still not understanding it yeah which relatable relatable that's why we're like maybe this movie's for older people than it is necessarily for the younger kids because i'm like that's very 20 something it's to just like question your soul but then again (laughs) i'm only 20 something so is it also 30 something is it also 40 something like is this like it's the the loop that i'm stuck in forever yeah I guess we'll find that out later. <laughs> I guess we'll find that out eventually. I'll keep y'all posted. <laughs> but so then we have these two themes of the tiny seed and um, Mona Lisa, like we're out of time that sort of like get looped in together. And it's it's beautiful to see how these like two ideas like play out throughout the movie. Um, so as like we said, he joins Francis's court and Francis like has already plans to invite the leading monarchs of the neighboring mm-hmm. kingdoms yeah. to um his court to sort of show off like this new like world of science and innovation that he is creating with help of Leonardo, except for the fact that he just <laughs> wants the fl- like the bells and whistles. He's not actually looking for um these big innovative like steps. And one of the biggest ones that is talked about in the movie, which Marguerite falls in love with, is oh. the ideal city. Yeah. And there's a whole number here. Humans in balance with God's creation to all the world An inspiration, that's what's in store for our ideal city And what's more, it's charming and pretty And it's basically like showing how all of these different inventions that he had come up with but never really like saw come to fruition Like how they would have manifested in a city in a way that like was just very sustainable, benefited everyone in the community and again, it's like ideal city. But um, Francis, on the other hand, doesn't find it as interesting. It's going to take too long. It's expensive. It's like, how does it benefit? Like, how are the kings going to be impressed with this? And so he's um, directed to make, you know, a mechanical, like, knight and horse. Lions. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's back, it goes back to he, like, Francis is just so close to understanding that he's in a dick measuring competition and then he still goes nah mine's longer yeah (laughs) you know what to do (laughs) you got it you got it and then in the meantime so while he's being directed by francis to create you know this sort of spectacle for um the coming like monarchs we have him at night which brings us back to like the thing we were saying which he was condemned for essentially like in um back in italy which was he him taking bodies dead bodies from the graveyard to study anatomy and it actually makes a very hilarious um, visual or like these little like running gags in the movie because there's these two little grave diggers and there's just all the time just digging up little dot bodies going hee hee ha like la, dancing la, la. like <laughs> dancing around the grave like i'm so happy we're getting paid <laughs> yeah they're just like oh you're so lovely in the moonlight like this <laughs> 
as we're digging someone's grave, not paying attention to grabbing this body, scooping it out of the earth, delivering it to Leo, like here, sir, find the soul of this cadaver. And yeah, and so then that's what leads to Marguerite discovering him at work on a corpse. Um, but it was like that was his night passion, like, and that's another thing that like I think I really took away from this movie is like, it's the whole concept of like, sure, have your nine to five to. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This isn't is that hasn't that always been the truth? Five year olds, but like have your nine to five, work on your passions on your own time. Like your passions are what's gonna get you further or happiness or whatever. I'll let y'all know when that happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's it. Maybe it's just one of those like co watching things where like an adult and a child can watch it at the same time. The child's only thinking like, oh my god, that's a dead body, and the adult's like, wow, his little passion, you know. <laughs> but um that scene that that was my favorite scene when daisy ridley stumbles or marguerite stumbles into leo and then that i that i love that one other than the ending that was it for me that ending sequence and so that leads us actually to like an interesting theme that like i noticed throughout the movie which um with leo the whole reason he even has to hide like this like you know his anatomical studies is because of, as always, the church. <laughs> the church. Q Pope Leo the <laughs> Tenth. And what I actually thought was like very impressive for like what's supposed to be a kids movie is that it's like it's fully showing like the espionage, the sort of like snitching, oh, yeah. like the secret like police, and it's how they're depicted. They're like these shadows on the walls, right? That they're literally depicting the Catholic Church as like the bats bad like spy guys yeah and it's just like them whispering into like the pope's ear like reporting on leonardo da vinci's activities and <laughs> knowing that they're being a little hashtag sus yeah um nothing n- not at all like today yeah um but it's like basically has created this like anti-intellectualism and that's like a big reason for why he leaves and it's sort of like he went to France in hopes of finding it and then ends up realizing it's just more of the same, but not for religious reasons, but more like, ah, I'm not like, you know, science and art is boring. Right, right. <laughs> um, but eventually he and with the help of Marguerite, you know, like he's sort of like he's, you know, like he's discovered once more by the church and like he's reported. But, you know, he gets defended, but like he goes into a really bad place um yeah and act through the movie and it's like literally he's just like you know like i'm out of time like this is it like i'm really not super existential yeah like super existential like we're like oh my god are we gonna see this old man die on our screen yeah and again (laughs) is this one of those co-watching things where it's like a parent will watch and be like wow that's deep and a child's just watching you're like okay when does it get get better yeah like when's it good i don't know fun I don't um, know. I'm only watching it as like, yeah, dude, that was me last Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got too real. Um, but no, but then what gets him out of it is like this sort of, again, it's like these two songs that we mentioned earlier, um, this tiny seed and Mona Lisa, they're beautifully brought together here. And as you as you just heard, um, it's just basically like the combination of like the joy of knowledge, the joy of finding of the soul is that we're sharing it. It's about the expression mm. of the soul. It's not necessarily about where it comes from, but how it's expressed, what it does, um, how it connects, how it connects and how we basically, yeah, we form this network and community. Like we're not just individual random souls. It's just like we're all part of something better. And that, again, now that leads back to that scene I was talking about earlier with Daisy Ridley, mm-hmm. where it's just like they're going through town, like starting to plan this event. And she's just like just going by shop by shopping like, hey, baker, I'm going to need you to like bake this for the thing. You ready? Like you got it. And yeah. like the baker being so excited because she's like, you know, like the people want to be involved. Like Connections. people don't hate working like if they feel like they're part of something yeah. and like they're being recognized. Everyone has it. to have a job. Might as well 
feel some sort of purpose for it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the idea of contribution. And so that leads to, you know, we have the hilarious dick measuring contest yes, with all these with monarchs. The brothers or monarchs or buddies or whatever. <laughs> and the queen, um, Louis Savoy, um, Marion Cotillard's character just shutting it down. Um, but then eventually you have Francis sort of humbling himself yeah. and participating with his sisters and Leonardo yeah. to do this stage performance, basically like in a beautiful, like homage to the universe and to science and intellectualism and the arts and just like the beauty of humanity and like what we can achieve as like together with like this like collective might and passion. Yeah. Um, the ending. Now we're at the ending. Yeah, this is the ending. Yeah. This is the ending. And I th- th- I think that the way that the ending actually like kind of unravels itself. One, I thought it was very, very like anxious driven. Like while I was sitting there, I was like, what's about to happen? Like he like Leonardo has this like moment where he's like, oh, like this is it. And then Francis has that moment where he's like, I actually, I take it back. I don't want to participate because this, this isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) It's fine. I'm with you with, for you to do your whole little dancey prancy thing. But I, this isn't me. And I'm, I think I'm good stepping out of this one. Yeah. It's the stage fright. So yeah, the stage fright, literally the cold feet. So like at that point, it's like, I think that Francis' character has like some, some sort of duality to him because he's like. It, well, I guess it's also character development. Like, he reaches the point where he has fully developed his character into recognizing others and, like, understanding that maybe that's not his path and he doesn't need to be the star of... Uh, literally the star of the show. Yeah. The center of everything. Yeah, literally like, star. Just because he's the monarch doesn't mean that he has to control everything and, like, he can just let Leo be and let Leo's ideas do their thing and also understand that, like, people will appreciate this because of the soul that this has like the whole community and it's a festival and they're celebrating what are they celebrating well no it's this um the it's just like the monarchs visiting yeah they're everyone's just coming to town yeah okay yeah they're like celebrating the monarchy it's just like they celebrate francis's reign essentially exactly so like they can do that without him necessarily being at the center of everything yeah so in his honor in, in his honor so he actually just like steps aside and he goes and is it Marguerite or is it Francis that tell Leo to do it? I think it's Francis. I, I think it's Francis I, too. Remember, this has been a couple months for us. I know. So forgive but us. I, I, I do want to say that Francis took the costume off and was like, yeah, yeah here you go. You should, this is you for should you. be the one flying around. On stage. <laughs> you should be and the one. And it is yeah. such a beautiful sequence, like both in the stop motion and the 2D, like the mm-hmm. colors yeah just like it's like an explosion of visual delight that i'm just like and then a beautiful song to accompany it that again ties all these themes that we have been talking about that it's just like wow like love humanity it's just one of my favorite things ever that animated movies are actually really good at doing where it goes from the literal to the metaphorical where it's like he's literally on stage he's literally in the sun costume he's literally ziplining flying soaring through the air and then he's actually th- soaring through the air. Like, at some point, the audience falls off. At some point, it's no longer what's literally happening in front of all of these, like, people's mm. eyes. It's not happening inside this meta. It's just happening to us as the audience inside a movie theater in the year 2023. And that's what, like, that transition, not only is it, again, one of my favorite things about animated movies, but in this movie in particular, it was so fitting and beautiful and, like, effervescent did i use that word correctly yeah yeah great effervescent (laughs) and i just i really loved it like quite literally those two seconds i was just like at peace with myself and i was like whoa and then it just ends and then yeah and then you take it home with you and carry it for the rest of your life realizing you know (laughs) we're not really out of time we're never out of time but we are not truly not truly but you have the time you just have to I don't even know. A life well spent is long. That's that's the beauty of it. That as long as you're doing something that makes life worth living, finding a reason for being, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your passions. And I love, like, I just love the idea. It's just like finding purpose, like. But finding it, but not like chasing it so 
literally. Because again, he never found the soul digging inside multiple cadavers, right? He found the soul actually being present. Yeah, it's like, like the gift of it being that it's like, oh, I can share this. I can do yeah. something about it. I can like be a part of something. Right. So it's like, like just yeah, I think at the end of the day, you, like this movie just really teaches you how to be like your genuine self with like with ambition like keep doing it don't let other people like rain on your parade quite literally yeah so i i don't know it was just a really beautiful message and i think that it can resonate with anyone at any point in their life and i hate that we keep saying this about the animated movies that we keep doing we're like everyone can watch these movies yeah you can watch it how it doesn't matter how old you are just watch it just do it just go um but yeah we wanted to talk a little bit also about like the historical bit of it well, no, yeah, that it, like this is like supposed to be like almost like a bio, <laughs> biopic, oh, yeah, biopic, yeah, and that it is capturing like some true events that happen. Now the historical details, oh yeah, obviously a little bit screwy, but I do think that it is crazy because at first I just thought, oh, that's funny, historical detail being screwed about Henry the Eighth being there with Leonardo da Vinci, but I looked it up and they actually that's lived true. at the same time, and I don't know why I thought. Leonardo da Vinci was so far removed from Henry VIII, but and they were honestly, not. Honestly, just a few miles away from each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were contemporaries. Yeah. Quite literally, yeah. Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess, yeah, now that we're wrapping up, um, before we start talking about the ratings and all the other usual questions, like what character did you, or like what, who did you, who did you relate the most to? Um, well, I feel like I really related to Leonardo a lot a character I just really enjoyed who was like you know uh, an unsung hero in this was um Francesco one of who is the one of the apprentices that Leonardo brings with him in this movie and he's actually based on a real person Francesco Melzi who was okay. a painter and um Leonardo da Vinci's real like apprentice yeah and he's just like basically like the voice of reason in this movie he's like he, he like, is. understands and obviously, like, appreciates Leonardo and, like, it's, like, you know, his student learns from him, but he's also just, like, a very, like, concerned party and just, like, always looking out for him being, like, you know, he's not necessarily holding him back, but he's saying, look, you got to be careful. Like, we have the church. Like, we have all these. He's, like, the he's the one that reminds us of stakes in this movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's basically his character. Right. Because if he wasn't there, Leonardo would just be doing whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it and then would get in trouble. And then that's that. Yeah. He's just basically holding the reins. And not just that, but like he's also doing a really good job of like warding off. um, Like he's like, oh, that stack of papers is not necessary. Like don't even. He's like the gatekeeper. (laughs) He's gatekeeping Leonardo. Gatekeep gaslight girl boss. he is such a girl boss. <laughs> but now, yeah, aside, like, not just, he's his character isn't just warning Leonardo slash the audience about the stakes. He's also actively, like, being, like, a little mediator and, like, smoothing things over and, like, hiding things and things like that. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And then what about you? Who was your favorite character? Who did well, you really do? Obviously, my favorite character is just Marguerite. But as far as, like, necessarily relating... I think that as far as relating to a character, I think it's just going to have to be Leo, like especially when he goes through that whole like depressive mode or whatever. Mm. That was literally like me with my last month or so of being at the job, my old job. And it was just kind of like nothing matters. Like I'm never going to quote unquote find the soul. Like I'm out of time. And that's that. Even though I didn't per se per necessarily <laughs> think I was out of time. It's more so like I'm out of money. <laughs> like that's that. <laughs> um, I think that, Leonardo da Vinci as a character has been really hard to relate to in other forms of media that he's been in because he's the greatest. He's the inventor. He's this and that. But this mm-hmm. movie actually made him really relatable. And but and I think that is what makes this movie in particular so special, especially as a biopic slash biopic. Yeah. Is that you can relate to, quote unquote, one of the greatest minds of all time. Like you're going to tell me that they're going to make a movie about Elon Musk where the audience can just <laughs> relate to him. That's not going to happen. That's not gonna happen. But yeah, I agree. He just—they do a great job of making him just feel like a vulnerable like a human, human, like not this immortal being. Though he has been immortalized by time, but the man himself feeling like I have so much I still want yeah. to do. And I didn't even mention this. But Why do you write like you're running out of time? And Hamilton reference to boot. <laughs> um, sorry, you were saying. I didn't even mention this, but one of my favorite movies of all time is Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Okay, great. Lovely movie. Um, and Leonardo's also in that movie. And it's this, It's kind of like the same 
premise like he's drawing he's painting the mona lisa and he like can't get it right and then he has this a bunch of inventions and then what brings him joy is seeing other people like have like be able to use his inventions and like knowing that like it's not just it's not all just living inside his head Mm -hmm. so like comparing that leo to this leo where it's like that leo is just someone that you kind of like have you're kind of like in reference to like oh like like sherman was able to fly his machine and therefore that makes him happy versus in this one where you're like oh my god he gets sad too like i get sad sometimes or like it's Mm -hmm. like about the same things or he's like trying to find something so hard that he's not even like like the closer he gets the harder it gets and like those two different characters which obviously it's based off of screen time and he's in the other movie for like maybe six and a half minutes at most um again it just like makes having a movie where he is actually relatable i think is so special and like again one of the reasons that everyone should go watch this movie but yeah okay so what would you rate this movie out of 10 out of 10 honestly like i would give it an eight a solid eight just for the fact that i do think that like i don't know i don't want to blame the marketing for it but i feel Mm. like because yeah it's not like universal per se it is very niche but it was just like i do think it was like an excellent movie still like and again i just like these themes that you take away from it and like just like how it tells like how it like shows it to you the visuals the animation just like really like it's it's all about the artistry and the craft. Yeah. So, I mean, I say that and then I give it an eight. So, but I know that's, <laughs> I was going to say though, I was between a seven and an eight and just for, um, no, I'm going to second you on that. I'm actually going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to go do like a 7.5 okay. just because at times it felt like it was a little bit visually dragging on a little bit. Like I really liked when they would intercut to his dreams, but sometimes when he was just talking to other people, it was kind of like, <laughs> okay move on quickly let's go next um just because also like near the end and like in specific parts like they had all this stuff with like his inventions and like movements and again the dreams and the cadavers and like there was like a lot of different like locations quote unquote but um there's just like a few times like when they were like in the ideal like looking at the ideal city and they're planning like they're just outside and there's just like four <laughs> stick figures outside and i'm kind of like okay let's just move on let's go a little bit more um I still loved it, but even though it's a seven and a half. Yeah. Um, Alternate title? Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Adam Sandler. Um, Yeah. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't think The Inventor was a good title. Yeah, it just like, there were so many. It just reminded me of like The Creator, which also came out Mm -hmm. this year. This year. There was like another thing with like. I was so confused when so many people were telling me like, oh, have you seen The Creator? I was like, you mean The Inventor? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You told me about that. Um, No, yeah. And then there was like another thing with The Inventor about like Elizabeth Holmes. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Alternate title. Like. I'd go with like literally Leonardo da Vinci and the soul. Um, Or the soul. Or like one of those like. um, Leonardo. Like. Leonardo da Vinci. What's the the full? I was title thinking like Mrs. Prince? Harris goes to Paris. Leonardo goes to prey. Francho. I don't know. Wait, birds. Birds of prey. No, the the Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's birds of prey. Um, full title. It's like the fantabulous um, and emancipation of Harley. Birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I feel like it should be something like that. Like. Da Vinci goes to Franchi. <laughs> da Vinci goes to Franchi. Shout out to my sister Franchi. <laughs> we love you, Franchi. Um, but like, um, yeah, like Da Vinci and the, the Leonardo and the Ideal City. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like Ideal City and Leonardo's search for the soul. No. Work in progress. Work in progress, but something... Workshopping. I just felt like it needed, like, a longer, funnier title and not just, like, something vague like The Inventor. But at the end of the day, it's also a biopic, so... (laughs) He's got to compete with Oppenheimer and Napoleon. like, those, like, single... Single Do you think it has any... It's an awards contender? 
Um, I think it should be, at, at least for soundtrack. And for animated movie. And for animated movie. It Do you was, think compared to like the other films that we've seen this year, it'll make right. it? Well, here's the thing. It's like, I feel like this year in particular, they've tried a lot of different animation styles. And I don't know that a more quote unquote traditional style would make the cut where something where, when like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is literally like so like innovative Mm. Whereas this is just like a return to, and then Spider Verse also Spider Verse also came out this year. I totally forgot about that. There's Spider Verse, um, Boy, um, and the Heron, the new Ghibli okay. film coming out. I don't think this one would make the cut. I think it should be nominated for soundtrack. I think yeah, I absolutely agree. It should be nominated for score, soundtrack, and I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna you put my hat in the, I'm gonna put my hat on the ring though. I think it may get um. A nomination for best feature um animated feature i think it should i don't think it would i don't think it will and that's fair and that's okay yeah <laughs> that's we can right. disagree we disagree sometimes um oh wait my favorite question who would you additionally cast in this movie that is a very good question um i want steve martin oh my god <laughs> No, I actually don't. I accept he should be in every movie, but Steve Martin or Martin Short? Steve Martin. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, I was like, you should see the look I just got <laughs> when I said that. Um, if looks could kill, I would no longer have a co-host. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, no, but like, um, yeah, like a like a nod. No, not a nod. That's stupid. But like, um, like yeah, like a Steve Martin in. <gasps> Like as one of like the, like a like an apprentice or some sort of like little pope cardinal guy. You look excited. What do you have? No, I was like Timothy Chalamet. I feel like I've said this before though. I don't know if he's been my Insta. As like a little French dude. I don't know. I don't Just know. a little French dude. A little French dude. A little French dude. I don't know. I mean, like I loved um the performance um given for Francis the first. Yeah. So that's why I'm like I'm hesitant to say, but I'm like maybe like someone in that court. Oh, I see what you mean. I see that. I see that. Francis the first didn't have any love interest, right? Um, at so. least not in the movie. No. Not in the movie. Yeah, not in the movie. I feel like maybe I'd give, let's give him a love interest then. Let's cast a uh, let's cast a woman for once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking. Audrey Tattoo. Who's that? Um, Amelie. Oh, snap! Yeah. No, I don't know actually. Um, let me see oh i want social ronan to be in this oh she could have been a good yeah just like even just like a little like housemaid situation i, I would i would like a social ronan in this all right yeah i'm gonna that's the nail in my coffin um wait i did skip over this question because i didn't think i should ask it because this movie is so tight but if there's any, if you had to do away with something from this movie, what would it be? No, because I do think sometimes movies extend themselves. And I'm like, okay, cut that out. Especially but nowadays, not in this movie, yeah. But not particularly in this 92-minute movie. No, this one's pretty lean. Like, literally given the fact that you should Not lean. Learned. I almost spat my drink out. <laughs> um, lean. Interesting. I mean, like... For, I don't know. For me, I'm like, if there were scenes, I don't know. The ideal city stuff, again, while fun, like, it maybe, if anything, it dragged on a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, like, I think that was part of the joy. It's just, like, the excitement of, like, the innovation. And, like, honestly, I would love to see an ideal city, like, here. So I know. That would be really good. Also, just, like, the whole ideal city plus this animation style is giving, like, Imaginarium. Do you remember those stores? Imaginarium stores? No? No. Okay, then I'm no, 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 tell me. Out. It was like an early 2000s thing where like there were these little stores at the mall called Imaginarium and like all the toys inside were like, were like supposed to be really stimulating and like good for child development and they would have one big door and one little door, one for kids, one for adults because the way Cute. kids experience things are different than the way adults experience things. Um, and so like Ideal City made me think of like those like play mats that you would get with like when you would play with like the wooden cars uh -huh. so like i was thinking like oh yeah i was about what i was about to say was like oh yeah ideal city like like yes let's just keep running with that whoever made this movie like just like as, as a team like keep running with that and make something like 
I don't know, a spy movie in the ideal city. Like, what is this ideal city situation? <laughs> but then I was, then I like started picturing it in this animation style. And then I started thinking of that playmat thing. And I was like, an ideal city is just that one that you roll out on your floor. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not because that has like banks and definitely not enough parks and stuff like that. And has yeah. like one school. And I'm like, that's not good. That's not realistic. More schools. <laughs> More schools. But um, I, I can see how, yeah, I can see that like the ideal city part was just kind of like, okay it was it's not even like like it was just like it, like maybe if i had to do away with anything i'd do like do some parts not even no. like some parts yeah. just like trim yeah um um I, I think the part that i would do away with is get rid of some of the pope stuff like you know at the beginning where like the pope is huge and like you know that part yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like i get it symbolism but i'm like let's get back to leo but like you know, like, we know that's happening. We know that that's that. Like, we have the, the the shadows and we have the little cardinals and people reporting. I feel like I would have done away with less of the Pope talking. But that's, like, what? Cutting out maybe, what, three, four, five seconds? So it's not actually, like, anything I would get rid of. It's just, like, if I had to, I'd just cut out three seconds every time the Pope talks. Fair enough. That's that. Um... And then I guess the ultimate question slash last question, and you guys know this, and you guys, if you've listened to, and you guys know that I refer to this as the quote unquote frozen effect, would you rewatch this movie nonstop if you were a kid? It's funny because you actually did rewatch this movie nonstop for a little bit of your life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for a very small The sliver. one day I saw it. Twice. Um, But did you enjoy it? I know. I absolutely did. Honestly, I would rewatch it. I don't know. As often, I don't know if it has the frozen effect, but definitely has rewatch value. Mm -hmm. It's like definitely something I could see myself returning to just when you like need moments of inspiration. Yeah, it's giving. Okay, yeah. I kind of felt like after I watched it, I felt almost the same as I did after I watched Marcel Shell. Where I'm kind of like, wow, that was really inspiring and really like grounding. Mm. But yeah, I don't think it has the frozen effect. Even... Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I loved it. Anyway. But yeah. And that's all we have for today. Um, but, oh, I guess just one last question. What would be in your ideal city? I love the whole hydraulics model that it operated on. Just like reusing and reusing water. Okay. And it's just like eternal sustainability. I love, like an ideal city would be sustainable, whether it's just a better public transport system uh-huh. A walkable city. Oh, my God. That's the walkable, answer. Walkable, yeah. A walkable city is the yeah. ideal. Well, not even just walkable because then there's also accessibility factors. And, like, a walkable city does need accessibility. Like, wide roads, like, you're if, like, if you're, you know, if you're in a wheelchair or if you're on a walker, like, being able to, like, easily navigate streets that way. My ideal city has those conveyor belts from, from airports. <laughs> nice. <laughs>